0: The startup to scale up game plan is brought to you by Alpena Search, Europe's premier talent search firm, dedicated to helping technology startups and scale-ups recruit high impact executives. Now over to your host, Gary Riemann.
1: Malcolm Linda is the founder and CEO at uh, Series A funded Alva Labs. Now Alva has a vision to help a bias free job market, and that's a topic pretty close to my heart, with a digital hiring platform that helps recruiters qualify and compare candidates using data-driven candidate assessments. So uh, Malcolm, welcome to the Startup Scale Up game plan. Thank you very much, Gary. Great to be here. Looking forward to our chat. Yeah, me too. Absolutely. Now, this is the first interview I've recorded since Russia invaded Ukraine. On the date of recording, we're just over a week into that dreadful conflict. So, I wanted to start by expressing my deepest compassion to everyone who's been impacted by this despicable invasion. Hopefully, peace will break out by the time we actually publish this podcast interview. But right now, we can only hope and pray for the citizens of Ukraine and and for a speedy resolution. And, uh, Malcolm, I'm sure you would feel S- similar sentiments
0: yeah for sure i think it's uh, as we mentioned just chatting briefly before i think it's uh, really hard to relate to that this is actually going on as we speak in europe following the events closely on twitter it's yeah it's absolutely dreadful and uh, just wish and hope that this is is uh, finding a peaceful resolution
1: really really soon indeed and one of the topics we were planning to explore today was work-life balance. For example, how to handle the stress of scaling a startup and raising a family. And now with the added stresses of a, of a global pandemic and a barbaric war unfolding in Europe. So Malcolm, what challenges have you faced as a scale-up CEO and also as a husband and father and how is the geopolitical situation impacting you personally or your team? Yeah, great question. So I think there's many perspectives or
0: stressors, if you will, for anyone. Obviously, I can only speak for myself. But uh, so, so as you mentioned, right, my, my current situation is on one hand, I'm a, a founder and CEO at Alva, which is going through a very exciting growth phase. Uh, on all fronts but at the same time i'm also a husband and a father of two a daughter aline who's a uh, one-year-old and son ted who's turning four in april and who knows maybe more kids in the future one can only hope and those are obviously the two corner pieces in my life that take up my emotional and uh, sort of intellectual capacity at most but then obviously there's lots of other stressors that can or will impact anyone, right? And and obviously, currently, the Russia-Ukraine situation, uh, or crisis, if you will, is one of those that has really been really hard to to handle, I think, uh, and hard to relate to. I can't really give any advice on on that. But the the more steady state nature, I guess, than with the family and, and building a company, I think it's really the sort of we we talk about this sometimes uh, at the company uh, from a company perspective, like what's the hierarchy of goals uh, and how do you sort of stack rank if you have to on the priorities, right? And I think for me, it's been an exercise in the last few years when really sort of doing all of these things at the same time, which I think is also quite crazy in sort of human evolution that in a certain a range in your lifetime everything is supposed to happen you know build a family and build a career uh, etc uh, so in that phase which are the core components that you care about and how how do you ultimately stack rank what are your sort of first principles of of priorities and on one hand you know i want to make give alva everything and build be the best possible company for our customers, employees, and investors, You know, really the, the entire ecosystem and, and the candidates. But it's not at the expense of not having a, a great and healthy relationship with my, my kids and my wife. So I think it's really hard uh, to, and it's been really hard, to practically then say, okay, if that's how I emotionally feel, what does that practically look like? in a regular week, work week, right? And then you have, you know, the expectations from the outside world with, you know, you read all the truths on Twitter on how a founder CEO should be, act, and live. Uh, It's everything from the, you know, 5 a.m. club to these are the predictors of a great, uh, someone wrote on Twitter the other day. I saw, uh, you know, uh, this is one of the predictors I find a VC wrote, you know, the response time on emails, Okay. Uh, Interesting. So that's then one thing I need to live up to. And you know, you have all these other expectations that you put on yourself and and that you sort of mirror from the outside world. So for me, it's been really helpful. As I mentioned to you, Gary, when we last spoke, about a year and a half ago, two years ago, I started seeing a professional coach, partly a coach and partly like a a therapist, really. So covering the entire ground on Who am I? Why am I the way I am? Which are my demons and how can I handle them? How do I want to be with my kids, with my wife? How do I want to be as a leader? What are the priorities? And really getting help from someone else whose objective who's not your, you know, parent or friend who might uh, lovingly have a hidden agenda for whatever reason has been really, really valuable for me. And something that I would urge anyone in whatever capacity, uh, obviously don't need to be a startup founder to, to value that. And something that I wish I had done a long time ago. And something that we're actually trying at Alva to uh, figure out how can we do that in a scalable way for for more people for for our employees. Essentially, uh, that's something I'm
1: quite fascinated about. So, you're looking at uh, in a way, adding it to your benefits package for for the team.
0: Yeah, this is you know pre-launching anything. So, but but yeah, that's one of the things I'm thinking about. And the way what I talk quite a lot with my colleague and head of people at Alba is this comparison with a company and like an elite sports team, really. Like if you're a soccer fan, you know, there's 11 players on the field, but there's like equally many, uh, A, on the bench, but also on the support staff. You know, you have the therapist, mental health coach, you have the physio, uh, dietist, etc, etc. And what's like the equivalent uh, for for a startup company or any company really, um, these multipliers that help us you know, become and reach our full potential. Uh, and I don't have the answers yet by no means, but it's something that I'm thinking quite a lot about, like how can one design that and make that translation between elite sports and, and uh, really building a company. Uh, and that's why also I think we've talked about internally at Alba, about work-life balance, which I sometimes think gets a bit loaded as a as a term. What does that really mean? What's the balance that you're looking for? I tend to gravitate to, uh, to that. I like the, the metaphor of the elite sports team more. What does the, the athlete need to do? You know, eat well, sleep well and make your hours, essentially. And what does that look like for a team member at any company, right? And I think rest is obviously paramount in order to reach full um, the peak performance uh, sleep uh, exercise uh, etc so looping back to, to my situation this is something I wish I had done a long time ago and even like talking to my wife about how can we help our kids get this way earlier in life like why don't you as a kid you know five six seven years old meet the therapist practically just have a a sparing partner at someone to you know get to learn about get to know yourself really from an early age what superpower would that be for anyone right so yeah that's one of the practical things i've done and which have been
1: super helpful for for me this uh therapist or coach that you've been seeing for the last few years any specific things you've changed in your world as a result of their advice to, for example, improve your sleep pattern or um, improve your physical health and energy levels?
0: I think most of the changes and insights are for me not necessarily like epiphanies that, you know, it's not rocket science, really. The real value is someone challenging you, keeping you accountable for some of the things that you at least say that you prioritize. So let's say, you know, let's say I commit to, I want to have dinner with my kids, you know, at least three, four nights a week. Then, you know, with your coach reviewing that delivery, you know, is that something that you've actually done now? So I think that part of accountability is is really strong. And that makes you, you know, to also question some of the things that you say you prioritize, but you maybe actually don't. And that's for me, I I think where I've come to realize that for instance, you know, I I wanna build a, a great company, but it's not at the expense on, it's not at any cost really. And for me, I guess success has slightly become a bit more nuanced in that, you know, I want to build a great company that my employees love to work at and where we have happy, you know, users, customers and candidates. And if that's X financial value in three, five, ten years, or if it's Y, like that'd be great. But ultimately that's not it's not the Y for, for me at least. So yeah.
1: Sounds as if you've become very, very self aware over the last few years, which is um, great, great to hear. Let's go back to the beginning. I mean, not to the very beginning, but the beginning of Alva Labs. So what inspired you to set up Alva Labs? Was there a light bulb moment or a chance meeting with a co-founder at a networking event or in a cafe or something like that?
0: Great question. So I I think uh, to some extent I've been pondering on the problem space for quite some time. So without going through the entire resume, but um, before before Alba, I spent about three years at EQT, Nordic private equity and venture firm. And before that, I spent about two and a half, three years at a small e-commerce as startup scale up in the Nordics. And it was at this e-commerce company furniture box where you know we grew quite quickly the team went from five to 70 people approximately in in quite a short amount of time i was very young and inexperienced uh, manager so made many mistakes if not all in terms of hiring uh, and mentoring and, and leading a team and sort of hr was not the strong suit of the company nor myself so from that experience i really brought with me this notion of how extremely difficult it was to build a great team and how really failing at it means, you know, missing out on team and company performance, ultimately, how extremely costly it is and how extremely hard it is to build a strong culture where this notion of the revolving doors because you need to like fix your mistakes is really really, really bad and, and a negative toll on 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 culture and performance for, for everyone, really. So at the time, this is now eight, eight, some years ago, there was no, like, Alva, no idea. Uh, but then after three years at, at EQT, being part of an internal growth journey at EQT, where the, that firm went, uh, grew quite quickly. But also with the companies that we met, I think it dawned on me that the issue I had was not necessarily a Malcolm issue, but more of a systemic challenge for any business and how we really struggle to talk about and think about talent in a objective manner, really, where one's own experiences is really driving the perception of what great looks like and what someone or some company needs in this role, right? Some of that is probably true and very valid uh, because experience does matter, but that's also where the introduction of sort of bias really can harm and cloud our decision-making. And I thought that was interesting that, you know, uh, in that sort of setting, we're making decisions very analytically and, you know, data-driven and fact-based and all of that. But in this territory of building a company in the people's side, we're all gut feeling and emotionally driven. So that's where I, I, I kind of started thinking that this is actually a, a huge problem worth solving and uh, something I also found myself thinking about uh, all the time. And that's where I, together with my, with my co-founders who also worked at EQT, ended up spending week uh, nights and weekends tinkering on this together and that ultimately then Became clear that we had to
1: uh, had to seize the opportunity and and, and build alba And sticking with the topic of of bias and objectivity, your platform, your tool combines AI and machine learning with leading psychometrics and organizational psychology. Read that superb book on AI by Mo Mo Gorda, Scary Smart. I uh, don't know if you've read that as well, but one of the points that he makes is that every AI, every algorithm inherently is biased by the humans that have created the AI and created the algorithm. So your data scientists and your psychiatrists or psychologists have their own biases, and these will somehow be reflected in the questions and the algorithms that they create. So I'm intrigued. What are the steps you're taking to ensure that your tools are truly free of human bias?
0: Great question. And I think it's to take one step back at first. I think this is the core challenge in HR tech as a whole, this notion of bias really, but also how you know shit in, shit out will really affect the way we make decisions. And as you say, right, As long as we have like muddy data in, the output will also uh, reflect that. So that's why I think what we really believe in at ALVA is having a strong foundation in research and evidence. And I don't believe that there's a future scenario where we can hope and strive for that. But I think it's, it's, it's not a perfect science, any of this. But there are tools that are much, much better than others. And that's why we believe in, foundationally speaking, in a research-based approach. So we want to make sure that the data we collect is as structured, objective, and clean as possible. And that's, at least today, given where the research stands, psychometrics, like well-crafted psychometrics tools, which, you know, practically speaking, measures someone's long-term potential, which is translated through personality, problem-solving, cognitive ability, and logical ability. So those tools are, given what we know now, some of the best and objective ways to measure and get like clean, good input data. And we also know that these correlate and predict future success and performance like really well depending slightly different between roles and job families but that's something we then in the models can adjust to given what you what type of job you're looking to um, to apply for but it's really really important to to collect collect collected data in, in a really good way and that's really where psychometrics comes in as a as a good tool who which doesn't judge or take into account any other sort of socioeconomic factors, you know, education, uh, where you're raised, your name, your resume, the companies you've worked at, or uh, who you might know, right? It's, It's really, we all have the same opportunity. It's a level playing field, if you will.
1: So do you have ways of asking questions that, for example, don't discriminate against the female gender or against a particular cultural heritage?
0: Exactly. So then in the way we develop the tools, there's a lot of work from our data science and psychometrics team that goes into analyzing the data and sort of training the models and making sure that the validity and reliability is Uh, is really high for each of the questions that we're asking, and that it also measures the thing we want it to measure, right? And then also zooming out on various cuts of the population, uh, is it a a fair assessment of these traits? Really trying to limit any kinds of bias.
1: Now, you've just raised the Series A, and you're rapidly heading towards 100 employees when we last spoke you mentioned that pretty much every single quarter since you founded the business your role as a founder and ceo has evolved and stretched you in in many different ways so i'm curious to hear more about this could you could you walk me through your your journey and your learnings as a founder and a ceo yeah for sure so uh, to be super clear
0: i'm i'm still learning i feel uh, as part of the the work I'm doing with a, with a professional coach, I've come to realize I have a strong sense of sort of imposter syndrome, you know, really struggling to even speak about these things with you here, because I feel like, yeah, we can talk in three years when we might have succeeded and, and that'd be fine. So we're in the midst of, of, of scaling, right? So there's just perspective, not any no, no, no truths coming from it. But yeah, I, I think for me, uh, this has really been one of the key challenges. And as sort of hopefully, I mean, the odds are stacked against you when you start as a first. So like if we, I've thought of looking back, back um, at Alba in three stages up until now, like company formation and foundation, just getting your co-founder and getting the first sort of believer, angel investor to bet on you and the first PowerPoint presentation about what you want to build. And there's a certain skills, I guess, and things that you need to do well to be able to pull that off. And then the second, call it startup phase, right, where you're trying to find sort of product market fit. Is this thing even going to work at all? And then it's, you know, all hands on deck. You wear 50 different hats trying to just get something off the ground. And ultimately, the goal is to not die as a company. And I guess there's a certain set of things you need to do and focus on and skills uh, to achieve that and a, a great degree of luck, I guess, as well. And then this third phase that we're you know, entering into now, which is we're really happy about the early traction that we're seeing. Customers are happy, candidates are happy. On aggregate, coming back, buying more, using it more, and investors excited about uh, what we've done and where we're going. And now the team is going, you know, just a year ago, we were 19 people and we're now 60 and and soon 100 plus. And for me, it's really been clear that I've found great, like, gratification, if you will, in being operational and, like, really do shipping things myself, Uh, a sense of being needed. And clinging on to some very detailed operational tasks just because it feels good to create some tangible value and do things, but I've also realized that that's where, like, I break and get stressed and also not deliver according to what's expected at this stage, right? So I think you're doing yourself and the company really a disservice. But that's been really hard for me uh, to make that transition, and something I've. A, spoken a lot with my coach about but also my team uh that uh, helped help me make this transition and i think i'm i'm on the early early uh steps in this process but i think i've like progressed quite well in the last six or nine months and there's allowing yourself to delegate a few things and and the revelation is that those things get done much better than when myself did it
1: so it sounds like you've been hiring the right people to hand over to which is uh Good to hear. What's your vision for the future for Alva Alpha Labs and also for the wider recruitment technology market?
0: Our like mission at Alva is uh, really to create a fair and efficient job market where we today focus on um, the early part of the candidate screening and selection process. That's where we really help our customers today and our customers are anything from a small startup looking to do their first hires to our current like uh, ideal customer profile really fast growing technology companies so something like an alva or uh, larger a few hundred employees if you will um, and up to a few a few enterprise customers that we have as well and really helping these companies Going from a quite large set of candidates, uh, so a large candidate pool, getting that as effectively and accurately as possible to a short list of candidates, which ones have the highest long-term potential, the highest likelihood of success uh, in this particular role and and really focusing on this potential piece, right, where readiness, experience, et cetera, is something we want our customers to to evaluate later on in the selection process. So ultimately, ideally, eliminating the resume or the CV in the early parts parts of the process. And that's really where we see the biggest bang for the buck, if you will, or or why on time save, but also in terms of diversity inclusion, making that early funnel much more sort of data driven and leveraging automation uh, as much as possible. So that's really what the vision is and what we do. And then in terms of like the end state for this, I have no like super clear numerical or financial long-term goals. Like I don't uh, think about ringing the bell someday. For me, it's more abstract in the sense of in five, 10 years, Alva is one of the, if not the like global standard for how candidates and customer or companies like evaluate the future partnership right it's a complete leveled playing field where there's you know trust and transparency on both ends there's no or very little information asymmetry between between sort of buyer and seller and really make that process super efficient and fair which will yield you know, much better results for companies and candidates, for like really leveraging and sort of reaching full potential for both, for both the company and candidates, so making that marriage essentially uh, as good of a fit as possible, and yeah, becoming becoming that standard and helping like move the way we think about talent and and, and
1: go about hiring is really the big goal for me, I think. Oh, well, that's a, a really wonderful vision of the future that you've just uh, painted for me there. Thank you so much for finding some time to join me today to record uh, today's episode. I wish you and the whole team huge success helping companies, helping candidates um, enjoy a better quality of uh, hiring process. Thanks a lot, Gary. It was uh, great
0: chatting with you this episode of the startup to scale up game plan was brought to you by alpina search head over to www.alpinasearch.com for advice on scaling your technology startup and recruiting high impact senior talent